What's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cudajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. Today, I want to discuss the Mets' new superstar shortstop, Francisco Lindor, and his future with the team, as well as updates about where the Mets stand in free agency during this offseason. Now, before we begin, I just want to let you all know that I am on Twitter, at PodMets. On this Twitter, I post updates and news about the podcast and love to interact and talk Mets and baseball with fans like you. So head on over and be sure to follow at PodMets on Twitter. Now, the first topic I want to get into is Francisco Lindor and his possible contract extension with the Mets. Now, I already discussed this topic a little bit last episode, but throughout this past week, new reports have shed some light on how the Mets view the contract extension situation and how they viewed a possible extension before they even made the trade for Lindor. So, last time, I said that the Mets extending Lindor would be crucial to making this trade a fully worthwhile deal. The Mets gave up two of their shortstops in Rosario and Jimenez, with Jimenez seemingly becoming the Mets' future at the position last season with the way he played. He's younger, better in the field, and was surprisingly great at the plate as well as on the base paths. So he seemed to be the new future at the position, and then trading him as well as Rosario along with two prospects for Lindor and Carrasco was a superstar, big blockbuster deal, which was awesome to have Lindor, but to only have him for one year, in my opinion, seemed like a waste. And I also said last episode that it seemed to me that they would have that the Mets never would have made this trade if they didn't have an extension already lined up or an extent or or the idea of an extension all ready to go with some numbers probably in their heads already. However, Andy Martino of SNY has reported this past week that the Mets don't view extending Lindor to be a guarantee or really a necessity when it comes to this deal. He said that the Mets are completely comfortable with giving up the players that they gave up for only one year of control of Lindor, so the deal was never made on the basis that they would sign him right after they made the trade, just like the Dodgers did with Mookie Betts. And I mentioned this last episode and how I thought Just like Mookie Betts, the Mets should sign Lindor immediately. But clearly, after hearing what Andy Martino has to report from the Mets, this was never the case. They never went into this trade imagining that they were going to sign him guaranteed. Now, Martino did say that obviously the Mets are going to try and sign him long term, but that the fact that the Mets made this deal does not guarantee the fact that they are going to extend them in the same sense that the Dodgers made their deal and they immediately extended Mookie Betts. So because of all these reports, this trade now has an interesting way to, you know, look at it. Martino mentioned that next year there are very good free agents when it comes to shortstops on the market, and those include Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Javier Baez. Those are the top names, and obviously Francisco Lindor, depending on whether or not the Mets actually extend him or not. So, you know, going back on what I said before, it may not be as imperative as I had thought to sign Lindor. Now, I do think that the Mets need to get an extension done. I do I do feel that Lindor is the guy for the Mets. He's, as I talked about last time, he is a perfect all-around player, a great switch hitter at the plate. He's a great shortstop in the field, and he's awesome on the base pass as well. Plus, 
his personality is just an enormous bonus that isn't seen all around the league with other players. So I do think that the Mets do need to get an extension done sooner rather than later. Lindor during his introductory press conference said that he doesn't want to negotiate during the season. So the Mets really only have a few weeks to get a deal done or it's likely Lindor will probably be a free agent after this season. Lindor also seems to be buying into the Mets as he showed at his introductory press conference and on social media. He talked a lot about how he was ready to win and how excited he was when he was talking during his interview. And on his Instagram, he was posting about how excited he was to be in New York. So obviously, those are good signs, and hopefully his personality fits well here in New York. It will be tough to tell if a deal will be able to get done before the season, since who knows how his personality and his playing style and just him as a person will fit on the team in New York. But hopefully a deal gets done. But again, if not, it clearly is not the end of the world, as I sort of expressed last time when I was talking about an extension. So final thoughts, I was super adamant about signing Lindor to an extension, and I really don't back down from that. I think the Mets do need to sign him to an extension because having a player like Lindor on your team for eight plus years would be completely out of this world beneficial for the Mets. They would have a superstar infielder, a great player and person to build your team around and really be the face of the franchise for eight to ten years or so and you're getting all the benefits of him and his skills on the field for the team and those can only influence and help the rest of the players on the team just to become better players in and of themselves and for the team to reach new levels never seen before however as i just said before you know with the great free agent market for shortstops maybe not getting a deal done isn't as bad as I had previously thought. So I'm a little looser on the possibility of not signing him versus signing him. I think obviously they should, but it wouldn't be the worst if they aren't able to get it done. So before I get into some updates on the Mets and free agency this offseason, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll be right back. All right, so welcome back. Now, I want to get into talking a little bit about where the Mets are when it comes to free agency. So, obviously, the Mets' big trade of acquiring Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco from the Indians has really been the center of attention this past week. However, there are still holes on the Mets that need to be filled likely through free agency, namely the bullpen, center field, and possibly starting pitching, although I don't think that hole is really as big as it was with the acquisition of Carlos Carrasco. So to get started with the bullpen, according to John Heyman, the Mets are heavily involved with reliever Brad Hand. So Brad Hand is 30 years old, he's a three-time All-Star, and over his 10-year career has played for the Marlins, Padres, and Indians. Over those 10 seasons, he has a 3.65 ERA, as well as a 12.35 whip, and on top of that, a 9.2 strikeouts through 9. He has been one of the most solid relievers in the game, especially the past five seasons, where through those past five seasons, 2016 to 2020, he has a 270 ERA in that span and a 1066 whip. He would be a great addition to the bullpen, in my opinion. I think he's a quality reliever and he's a strong left-handed reliever. And I think he would really round out the bullpen with Robert Gesellman, Miguel Castro, Jerry's Familia, as well as newly signed Trevor May, Seth Lugo, Dylan Patances, and Edwin D. 
Diaz. And that is just a really, really strong bullpen if you add Hand into the mix there. Now, the reports out there say that the Mets are looking to give Hand a one-year deal while he is seeking a two-year deal. So I don't know if maybe it would take a little bit more money for the Mets to bring him on, but just looking at his stats and success over his 10-year career, especially the past five seasons, I think that maybe paying a little bit extra for hand would not really hurt the Mets all too much and really would benefit them by adding an experienced, successful, left-handed reliever into the bullpen to add them to an already fairly strong bullpen. You know, the Mets had a decent bullpen last season and they added Trevor May, who is a great reliever. And with the rest of the guys on the in the bullpen with Lugo, we know what he can do. Diaz, who really showed how good he can be at the end of last season, as well as Castro and Familia and Batances, who are all, you know, middle of the road, but have high ceilings. And Gesellman, we know what he can do both as a starter and as a bullpen pitcher. I think that it's already a great bullpen. You throw hand in there, that's a top-notch bullpen and really can help win games, first of all, and can lead the Mets to possibly a championship. So I think that adding Brad Hand would be amazing, and I would be very happy if they were to complete that. So that's the first news talking about the bullpen when it comes to free agency. Now, moving along to center field, I spoke a little bit about George Springer last episode and where I think the Mets are able to go when it comes to him after the huge Lindor and Carrasco trade. Like I said last episode, the potential for a Lindor extension may take away Springer as a solid center field option because of how large the Lindor contract will likely be and the fact that Springer is really looking for a lot of money. However, John Heyman still thinks that the Mets have a good chance, so that's just an exciting piece of news to look at. I don't know if the Mets will land George Springer. I don't know if signing him implies that a Lindor extension is unlikely, or if vice versa, a Lindor extension implies that signing George Springer is unlikely. Since the Mets have been really adamant about staying under the luxury tax, I just really can't see a situation where Springer and a long-term Lindor deal work together when it comes to the Mets. So it's exciting to hear that the Mets still have a good chance. I don't know how likely it is, but it's good to see that the Mets are still in the running, that they're not completely out of it after the trade that they made last week. The other center field option that the Mets have been connected to recently has been free agent outfielder Albert Almora Jr., who formerly played for the Chicago Cubs. He is 27 years old, and since he's been on the Cubs for five years, he is a 2016 World Series champion. Over his five-year career, he's hit 271, 309, and 398 for an OPS of 707. 2016 to 18 were his best years at the plate, although he did only play 47 games in 2016. Over that span, he hit 289, 326, 412 for an OPS of 738. But he has sort of struggled at the plate the past two seasons, only hitting 230, 270, 366 for a 636 OPS, although he played less than half the games last season, playing only 28 games. In the outfield, however, he is good defensively. He has 8 defensive runs saved and 11 total runs above average and has a 991 fielding percentage. Brett Taylor of Bleacher Nation related Almora's upside as really being a Juan Ligueras type of player for the Mets. He has a decent bat and is really good on defense. So he said that the best case scenario likely if he were to be on the Mets is sort of a Juan Ligueras type of player. So I'm not really super excited if the Mets go along this route of Albert Almora Jr. Because as I've talked about in the past, Jackie Bradley Jr. is an option out there as a free agent, and he definitely would be a lot cheaper than George Springer. 
Jackie Bradley Jr. is probably the best defensive outfielder on the market and probably the best defensive outfielder in the game. So if the Mets are really looking for an upgrade in center field that won't cost as much as Springer, I think maybe they should look a little bit more towards Jackie Bradley Jr. over Almora Jr. Because as much as Jackie Bradley Jr. might cost more than Almora Jr., I think he would be worth the higher price because he's still going to cost a lot less than George Springer. So if that's the direction the Mets go, I would rather not have Almora be the center fielder that the Mets are looking at and end up signing. I think maybe if they're looking at cheaper options in center field, it would be good to take a look at Jackie Bradley Jr. and consider him. Now, the final position that the Mets have been connected to recently when it comes to free agency is starting pitching. Now, this position is not, as I said, has not really been as much at the forefront with the trade for Carrasco, but recent reports show that the Mets are still interested in adding to their rotation. So on Wednesday, the Mets, among other teams, were in attendance of Corey Kluber's showcase. According to Dan Martin of the New York Post, he threw 30 pitches, which ranged around 89 to 91 miles per hour. And this showcase was to show off his skills after two injury-plagued years where he only played in eight games. So taking a look at his entire career, he's 34 years old and his accolades are great. He is a two-time Cy Young Award winner, a three-time All-Star, and he has won the ERA title. Over his 10 MLB seasons, he has a 316 ERA with a 1086 whip. And the last season he was fully healthy in 2018, he had a 289 ERA with an 0991 whip. So he obviously, when he is at his best and he, when he is fully healthy, he is just an elite pitcher. So according to Martin, for the Mets, he could be a low-risk, high-reward pitcher to add into the rotation. He definitely has the ability to be a top starter and to be an elite pitcher, and he really isn't too far removed from when he was at his best because when he was healthy was 2018, but injuries definitely are a concern, and it would be bad for the Mets to have a repeat situation of Waka, which they dealt with last season, a pitcher who is somewhat injury prone and really came to the Mets, pitched for a little while and was decent and then got injured and the Mets barely saw him for the rest of the season. So that would be my one concern when looking at Kluber is if he's on this path right now of injuries and really hasn't been able to get himself through a full season since 2018, that might be a concern. So maybe the Mets give him a smaller one-year deal to slot him into the rotation, maybe just until Syndergaard comes back, but again, with the way he performs, who knows? You know, if you look at the if you look at the rotation without Syndergaard, who I've talked about before, won't be coming back until about June. The rotation has DeGrom, Carrasco, Stroman, Mats or Lugo, and Peterson. And Mats and Lugo are sort of interchangeable because Lugo might be moving to the bullpen so then you just have Matt's really filling in that spot and as we saw last year and really for the past few years that might not be the best option that the Mets have there so Kluber on a small deal could fill in that position and Matt's could go to the bullpen or you know I don't know what the Mets are going to do with Matt's they could end up cutting him or trading him but Kluber could definitely be an interesting option to slot into his spot and like Martin said, he is a low-risk, high-reward pitcher. You sign him to a one-year small, one small deal, and you could get him at his best, which is a Cy Young award-winning pitcher, or at his you know worst, where he's injury-prone, and you go right back to where the Mets would have been anyway with Mats or Lugo 
again, likely Mats in that spot. So I think Kluber is an interesting player to look at. I don't know if the Mets are more focused on starting pitching. It seems that they're more interested in looking at the bullpen to make a move, especially after Carrasco. But I think Kluber could be an interesting option to slot into the back half of the rotation to round it out. And again, maybe just until Syndergaard comes back, or maybe he shines and the Mets have an excess of good pitchers, which is again, not really an issue having too many good players on your team. So it'll be interesting to see how the Mets deal with this situation. And actually some free agent news right now, as I'm recording this, the Mets have signed first baseman outfielder DH Jose Martinez to a split contract, which means they're going to pay him $1 million and an extra $500,000 in incentives if he makes the team. All of this according to Bob Nightingale. I think that this is a particularly interesting signing because he is a more DH type of player, which might mean the Mets know something about a possible DH in the NL for this upcoming season, since that really has not been decided upon yet. So while this is possibly a small signing, maybe just a depth move move to have a right-handed batter on the bench, a career 289 hitter on the bench, it could also mean that the Mets are gearing to have a backup for the DH if Dom Smith or Pete Alonso need an off day. Who knows? So just an interesting signing here for the Mets during this discussion of free agents and free agency for the Mets. So definitely some interesting news. So let me know what you think. Send in to my Twitter at PodMets any thoughts, questions, opinions about anything I said during this episode or about anything Mets. Let me know what you think about the Lindor contract extension situation or about the Mets during free agency, whether that be with reliever Brad Hand, center fielder Springer or Almora, or maybe even Jackie Bradley Jr., or starting pitcher Corey Kluber. And be sure to let me know what you think about the signing of Jose Martinez. So that is going to be it for this episode, everyone. Like I said, be sure to follow me on my Twitter, at PodMets, as well as follow this podcast wherever you listen so that you can get the episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you once again for listening. I really appreciate it. And as always, let's go Mets.